Welcome to the NXT Podcast, your home for weekly NXT reviews and insight. The beautiful part of NXT is that when one dream ends, another dream begins. Find all of your NXT news, recaps, and analysis right here. So with that being said, we only have one question for you. Are you We thought so. Let's get the show started right now. Okay. All right. NXT Podcast. Hi. I'm Zach. I'm your host, NXT Podcast. Um, every week here, very excited to, to be here with you for... Uh, I'm not... Listen, I respect you all enough not to lie to you for a bad uh, a bad show. Um this is not the go-home show for War Games. That's a week from Sunday. So that means we have one more episode of NXT before War Games happens. And if you will recall, War Games used to be like an epic kind of blood feud kind of thing. And spoiler alert uh, for later, uh, we all kind of just threw this together uh, at the last minute here. So, yeah, I mean, you could watch... AEW, and you could watch great promos with MJF and, and CM Punk, blah, 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 blah. I have Grayson Waller, LA Knight teams. I have Carmelo Hayes, Champa. I have Braun Breaker. So, um, you know, I have uh, stuff uh, too. I, I also have stuff um, here on NXT. So, so don't you uh, don't you worry. Um we're going to talk about this bad episode, and I'm excited to, to do that. Um, I've gotten pretty good at that. Um, used to not be necessarily my strong suit, because uh, NXT was usually pretty good, and then the bad shows were usually just uh, boring. And now, um, I would say that it's more bad shows than good, but it's been kind of kind of all bad. Um, so I have gotten a lot of practice, so that's good. Before we get started, I'm always on Twitter. I'm at ZachNXT, that's at Z-A-C-H NXT. Talking wrestling, other fun stuff over there. Or you can keep listening here and listening to somebody slowly lose their mind talking about um, bad wrestling shows for uh, bad wrestling companies. Let's do it. Before we get started, we usually talk about the news, stuff that's going on. I saw a headline that I had to click on from Bleacher Report that said uh, hot take, which is always a good way to start, um, that Roman Reigns' universal championship reign needs to end soon. Um, They're basically saying in the article that the stories are falling into the same trap, kind of starting at the Extreme Rules, where it was set up for Finn Balor and the Demon, and then he tripped on the top rope, blah, blah, blah. It was, you know, they said it's one of the worst moments in modern wrestling history. I mean, it wasn't good, but there's been a lot of really bad stuff. I feel like that wouldn't rate. Uh, It says, since Reigns has had a so-so feud with Lesnar, Crown Jewel, obviously, and an okay feud with Big E in the build to the Survivor Series match that they had. Says the contest made Big E look good, but it also capped off a night where WWE teased The Rock's return only to promote his new movie, and Vince McMahon had an egg uh, I think that might have been that The Rock uh, couldn't show up for Survivor Series. And if you're The Rock, I don't know why you would. And their backup plan was Vince McMahon's missing egg. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, they're saying it's all kind of painfully telegraphed as to how all this plays out. They're saying 
This is blatantly heading for Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38, and then a showdown with The Rock at WrestleMania 39. I, I mean, if that's correct, that would be boring. Sure, that's fair. Those are both, one of those is boring, because I've seen Roman and Brock a lot. Even at WrestleMania, I've seen it a lot, probably. Um, yeah, no, that's that's not great. Yeah, I'm, okay, that's fair. It's especially disappointing when thinking of the possibilities, they say. Maybe one of the Usos turns on Reigns and costs him the title match. Maybe an entire faction forms with the aim of dethroning him. Um, I mean, I guess the Usos could cost him, could cost him, uh, a title match. I I suppose you'd have to kind of build up to that, and they have it. But they also haven't built up to anything. I think the bigger problem is that they've been really focused on Roman Reigns, which makes sense. He's the best thing going on SmackDown. But that also means you're not preparing anybody else to beat him. At this moment, it would be Drew McIntyre is the only one that makes any kind of sense, and that's kind of boring. You hoped by now that you would have built somebody else up to take that from him, and Big E could have been that guy, but then they put the WWE title on Big E and had him lose at Survivor Series, so that's not what we're doing. There's nobody on the roster that can believably beat Roman Reigns, so they've created their own problem. It's not that big of a difference between the problem they had with Roman Reigns as a good guy than they had with him as a bad guy, except now the fans like him so they can focus on him more. So, you know, WWE's Omos response to Undertaker praise, quote, I'm lost for words, just grateful, unquote. I mean, I'm glad Omos is getting praised. Undertaker would praise a really, do, really big dude who... Isn't there yet, but could be something, or could be released next week. I don't know. It doesn't have anything to do with Omos. That's a WWE thing. So, I don't know. He's either the next Undertaker, or next week I'll be talking to you about how he got released. It's certainly going to be one of those. Comicbook.com, Nia Jax reveals her post-WWE in-ring name. I don't care. Um, Never been a Nia Jax person. Not a big fan of the injuries seem to happen in her matches a lot. And she took time off, came back, didn't get any better. Nothing really special about her, except that she's bigger than the other women there. Not a particularly interesting promo. Not particularly interesting in the ring. Also hurts people a considerable amount of the time. So, you know, maybe maybe not the most interested in where she's going next. I kind of go out of my way to not say anything bad about the wrestlers, the the people. Um, but there have been too many instances of people getting in the ring with Nia Jax, or whatever her name will be. I didn't click the article. I'm not going to. And getting hurt. So, I don't know. Um, she'll get a gig somewhere else. She's different enough. I hope she uses this time to prepare herself better. But based on prior... Uh, experience, I, I bet she doesn't. Also, comicbook.com, WWE NXT releases survey asking for NXT 2.0 feedback. Uh, I didn't get that survey. Wish I had. I have some thoughts. Are we doing thoughts about NXT 2.0? Because I could fill out a survey, or you could just listen to any episode of the podcast. feel like I've become something of an authority on NXT 2.0. I would argue... 
Um, if you want to use uh, just this for a survey, it's bad. It's uh, bad. Um, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard came, and whatever their involvement is, the show completely changed, and it's a much worse version of the show, and I don't see anybody on the show that's better prepared for the main roster than they were uh, before. Um, I think the problem might be that Vince and Bruce and everybody gets real bored, or rather Vince gets bored of people really quickly or decides they can't make it. And Bruce, despite saying that he challenges Vince on a lot of stuff, uh, doesn't. And then the whole company kind of just decides, oh, this person doesn't have it. And I don't think that has a lot to do with the developmental system. I could send you nothing but five-star recruits to your college football program, but if your coach doesn't play them, that didn't make them busts. That just means you didn't play them or find a role for them. I would maybe find a new head coach in that situation. The head coach is Vince in that example. Anyway, that's enough stalling. Let's talk about NXT, huh? The Then Now Forever song is playing. Gets cut off by Grayson Waller. Says, cut that intro. Says, nobody wants to see those has-beens anyway. That was fantastic. I listen to that song every week just to hear if it's changed because it's a bit that makes me chuckle sometimes, and that's really the only thing I do it for. Never heard somebody cut it off. That's fantastic. He says, you know who wasn't in that open? Tommaso Ciampa. He ain't a superstar like me, like Grayson Waller. Crowd chants, Champa's going to kill you. He says, the crowd turns on people all the time. Says, you did it to the GOAT, John Cena. Uh, yeah, okay, I suppose they did do it to John Cena. I mean, in fairness to them. Um, he says, they also did it to The Rock and Roman Reigns. And if you'll notice, the same version of the problem comes up with all three of them, especially with Roman and John Cena where for a long time they made John Cena and Roman Reigns uh, baby faces who were Superman. And while that can, and while that can be interesting for uh, a moment, if it's um, for multiple years in a row, it's maybe not the most interesting thing. So like John Cena would get beat up and beat up and beat up and beat up. And then he would storm back and his matches were very predictable. His stories were very predictable. People will point to like, oh, he lost to X, Y, and Z. How could he have uh, been Superman? He put so many people over, sure. But for every one of those, you also have like a like an NXT where he's the last member of his team in a Survivor Series match and uh, takes out Nexus, and they were never the same after. That's not. I'm not saying that's a John Cena thing. I am saying that's a WWE thing where they decided he's going to be a good guy no matter what because he sells merchandise. And uh, we're going to keep him that way, and we're going to keep feeding him bad guys, sometimes who are more interesting than him, and then they will beat him up and beat him up, and he will come back and win. And so fans got annoyed with that and sick of that, and they booed uh, John Cena, which was really them booing Vince McMahon and the uh, owners of the the company more than uh, John himself, Uh, Roman. Um, basically the same thing. Shield happens. They decide Roman is the guy from the Shield, even though before this uh, run it was absolutely Seth Rollins. Um, so they they kind of just make that decision, and then they do the same thing they're doing with Charlotte Flair right now, where they insist on their greatness rather than allowing that to manifest itself. So people love John Cena now because he's put in a lot of uh, time in WWE. Kind of right out of the gate, they wanted Roman to be really, really great, and he wasn't. So they had him main event a bunch of WrestleManias with 
They had him go up against Triple H. They had him go up against The Undertaker. They had him go against Brock Lesnar. And it wasn't working and wasn't working. And fans said, hey, this is, um, we don't like this. And WWE said, no, shut up, dude. Check this out. And they did the same thing over. And they're like, yeah, we still don't like this. Yeah, okay, but shut up. But watch this. With The Rock, um, they booed The Rock. I'm not sure if he's talking about the beginning of his career. That was debuted at Survivor Series, and he was this white meat baby face. Uh, nothing happening, dude. Um, and they chanted, die, Rocky, die. And then he turned into a bad guy with the Nation of Domination. Then he turned gra- Then he turned into a great character. Everybody cheered him. And then people booed him because they knew he was leaving for Hollywood. And so, like, when Goldberg killed him, like, people cheered. Um, so I don't know if that example fits with the rest of the examples, but I would say that uh, in all three of those instances, uh, people had good reasons to do so. He said, all this has taught me one thing. You Twitter freaks with 8,000 tweets and 10 followers don't matter. Superstars do. And boy, oh boy, that's a, that's a WWE line if I've ever heard one. Because um, that's a good way to deal with criticism that you're getting is to say aha you nerd you probably live in your mom's basement idiot you don't know that's absolutely a wwe um ism that's a wwe ism and that's that's not like a word but you understand what i mean so he's still he's still talking and then he's interrupted by champus music the announcers i believe vic joseph says that the thing they think about with champa is respect. How do you figure that? Champa was in a tag team with Johnny and then attacked Johnny and then was underhanded the whole time, then won the NXT title, then came back for the NXT title because people got injured and Samoa Joe had to give up the title, and now is just kind of the leader of NXT. I'm not sure where we got Champa super into respect out of that. That was his character for a minute before he won the title. Again, I guess. I wouldn't say he's all about respect. To this point, I realize this is a match that's happening. That's fine. Wow. This match got over 10 minutes. They should have saved that for the main event. That's a main event match length nowadays here in NXT 2.0. That's like two matches worth. Cut to the back. LA Knight's being interviewed. Him and Grayson Waller are still mad at each other, I guess. They're both bad guys, so I don't know why, but they're both still mad at each other. Good, 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 good. Joe Gacy's here, so that's good. So he says we should be building each other up, not tearing each other down. And LA Knight basically says, shut up, nerd, I'm going to fight you. Joe Gacy says, have no fear. Our safe space is right out there, and it's always open. Again, Joe Gacy should have been a really cool character and he's not and i'm upset about that because again he he really could have been recap of last week's poker match between duke hudson and cameron grimes that was in the middle of the ring for some reason cameron grimes after bluffing duke hudson into folding i know poker did or texas hold'em which is what i knew it was um and duke hudson flips over or rather flips out puts cameron grimes through the table then takes out some scissors and cuts his beard and cuts his hair. I don't know why there was a pair of scissors there. There is no card game that I am aware of that uses scissors, or he just brought those scissors with him, which means he was playing this game in bad faith, which is not a good way to go through life. 
So go to commercial. Stone Cold is selling me on WrestleMania because it's in, uh, what is it, in Dallas or Austin? It's in Texas, whatever. Talking about Texas. And boy, it does not work when Stone Cold is just talking to promote a WrestleMania. Um, because Stone Cold's graded a promo when there's going to be a match. Stone Cold himself has said, I'm no good at promos if there's not a point to them or if I don't feel there's a point to him. And he is correct because he's telling me about a WrestleMania, not talking to anybody, and I bet that WrestleMania is not going to be very good. So it's still two nights, so at least there is that. Toxic Attraction is arriving at the building Mandy Rose has a match with Cora Jade tonight. Mandy says that uh, Cora's not even on her level. Dakota Kai's there sitting on a road case. She gets up and starts walking beside them. She's not talking. They say at least she's on our team. She's real twitchy and weird and and stupid looking. I don't... She's not talking. She's just being weird, and I don't get it, because all she did is lost to Raquel Gonzalez for the women's championship, and I, I get that that would be upsetting. I got that part. I don't understand why it turned her into a zombie, a possessed woman, uh, an Alexa Bliss type thing. I'm not sure what she is or why she is, um, but she's in the war game, the women's war games match, um, and I I don't know if not talking's a new thing she's doing. But that's fine, you know, whatever. They walk up on um, on basically a, a mess, a bunch of broken stuff on the floor. Um, and they, they say, oh, I wonder what that's about. They walk off, and then Kaylee Ray uh, walks into frame with an aluminum baseball bat, and she's smiling. Presumably then she's the one that uh, made that mess. Two things. One... Why is Kaylee Ray beating up stuff in the back with a bat? Why don't you go hit a person uh, instead of instead of uh, stuff? For example, you have a bat. I, I bet that works great on people if you're mad. Two, Kaylee Ray walks in from the same area that Toxic Attraction walked to. Why didn't you see her? That's it was it was shot like she avoided them but uh she didn't she definitely didn't so i'm not sure but that's fine we're back to the ring cameron grimes is here he has a haircut beard trim he actually looks better he should thank duke hudson he's very upset for someone who looks better than he did previously he is crying and i do not understand why he said he grew up in a small town Every day he was bullied and told he wasn't good enough. He showed them that he was good enough, that if he scratched any claws, it didn't matter how many nights he had to sleep on the concrete or scrape for change so he'd have something to eat. He made it in this industry, and he struck it rich. And he said through all that, he kept his hair and beard to remind him of his humble beginnings. That's all cool, but you still look better. Um, He says, but Duke Hudson took that all away from him. So to be clear, we are doing a feud completely based on a haircut calls Hudson to the ring because Cameron Grimes says he is done talking. Duke Hudson's on a video screen getting a haircut. So indeed, yes, this is a feud uh, because of a haircut, which is awesome. Um, Duke Hudson says, Cameron Grimes, I barely recognized you. He says, you took a lot of money from me and you got a free haircut. You should be thanking me. He's got a point. Also, I just realized he and I said the same thing. Duke Hudson is a good promo, and this promo is really, really bad, and I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if they did that thing where the person on the video 
pre-records their part and the person in the ring has to talk to it live. Seems like that might have been what they did because there were weird pauses before Cameron Gr- or uh, Duke Hudson talked. So I don't know if it was that or if it was just, oh, I'm fighting him because I cut his hair. That's dumb and he's not into it. I'm not sure. Either way, if this is the first time you've seen Duke Hudson, uh, do know that he is a very good promo, and I don't know what this was. So, Cameron Grimes challenges Duke Hudson at War Games to a hair versus hair match. Haven't done that stipulation in a while. That's fun. Duke Hudson bald is going to be weird. But he accepts. He says, at War Games, I'm going to take the rest. And he holds up a Ziploc bag that does have Cameron Grimes' hair in it, why in the hell does he still have that? So he went from the arena, took the hair, found a Ziploc in the back, put it in there, got on a plane, presumably, or drove all the way home with that back, went to bed, did whatever he does during the week, came back with that bag, probably not even to the arena, looks like he went to a barber shop on the night that it just so happened that NXT was happening with a cameraman, and kept that bag presumably in his pocket that whole time, so that, just in case he ran into Cameron Grimes in any capacity, he could hold up his hair as if to say, I still have your hair. And outside of being challenged to a hair versus hair match, I cannot think of any reason that is not extremely creepy for someone to just still have someone else's hair. And I don't know if you can, you let me know, but that's odd that he still has it, at least to me. The other question I had, does Cameron Grimes know that beard and uh, head hair grow back? That's a legitimate question because he's very upset that his hair and his beard are shorter than they were. And again, he looks better, but two, I do not know if he's ever cut his hair, so I legitimately don't know if he knows it grows back, because it does. By the time War Games is back, if you don't touch it, that's two weeks, almost. You'll probably have that hair back, and then it's fine. Even if you get shaved bald here, it'll grow back. It's fine. You didn't need to do all. You didn't need to be so upset. So Mandy Rose, Cora Jade is happening. This match goes four minutes before Kaylee Ray comes out with that aluminum bat from earlier. And she starts hitting things. And by that, I do not mean people. She starts hitting stuff. She hits the ring post. She hits the floor. She hits one of the dividers. Point is, she hits a lot of stuff. No people. She goes to throw the bat into the ring. It looks like she's throwing it to Mandy Rose, but the ref catches it. And as Mandy is distracted, Cora Jade rolls up Mandy Rose, gets a three count. The ref throws the bat out of the ring and counts three. So, Kaylee Ray came out, completely stopped the match by hitting things with a bat, not people. Uh, Threw the bat into the ring and distracted everybody such that Cora Jade got a roll up in about four minutes. So that's very cool all around. Um, Joe Gacy's in the ring now. He apologizes for L.A. Knight and his anger issues. L.A. Knight and Grayson Waller have been fighting all up and down the arena uh, all night. He says he wants to talk about it, but then he's interrupted by Diamond Mind. He smiles as the music hits. 
I'm going to be, I'm going to level with you. Joe Gacy and Diamond Mind are in the ring together, and I am fast-forwarding. I understand this is, this is my job talking about this show, but there are limits to my commitment and the depths of, that I will go to for you, and the line is somewhere before a Joe Gacy Diamond Mind uh, back and forth. So it's good that we know that line. It's good that we know that it's there and we know where it is. I'm sure they talked about a lot of great stuff and brought up a lot of great points. I think what I got out of this is Roderick Strong wants a match with Joe Gacy uh, at War Games. Malcolm Bivens says he's going to beat Joe like a little John track. And then he says, yeah. And I don't know what he could possibly mean by he's going to beat Joe like a little John track. I ran through Lil John tracks in my head, and I don't remember any that fit this specific situation. I think he just wanted to do the yeah Lil John thing, I think. I think is what happened. I'm glad I fast-forwarded. Anyway, they're about to ch- attack Joe, and then the camera cuts behind or pulls back from Joe Gacy, and Harland is here. I don't remember if they call him Harland yet, but his name's whatever. His name's Harland. So... There are five dudes. The coach, Malcolm Bivens, the Creed brothers, Roderick Strong. Not super proud that I was able to do that off the top of my head. And one woman, Ivy Nile. Six total members of Diamond Mine. When they see Harland, all six of those people get out of the ring and leave. What? That's, I get it. Harland's supposed to be scary and intimidating. Got it. If it were just Roderick Strong and Malcolm Bivens, got it. Understood. There are six people all of them professional wrestlers. One of them's a trainer, but is a professional wrestler. And one dude shows up, and uh, and uh, they leave. Okay, fine. Very cool. Crowd chants Michael Myers, because Harland is dressed in that mechanic outfit that looks just like Michael Myers. The, I was very proud of this crowd when they did that. They identified it. They went for it. They were all in sync. Usually all those things don't line up, especially for these new NXT crowds. I was proud of them. That was excellent work. It took me a second to realize what they were chanting and connect it with the outfit, and I laughed and I laughed, and I was, I was, I was a proud papa. Ivy Niles in a match next. So while all of Diamond Mine nailed it, did leave the ring, Because one of their members has a match next, they all have to just stand at ringside like idiots, and Joe Gacy and Harlan have to stand in the ring. And presumably at some point, Harlan and Joe Gacy had to get out of the ring and pass Diamond Mind to get to the back while everybody walked back. So that's cool. Back from break, Ivy Niles in the ring. She's doing dips in the corner. That looked pretty cool. Squash match. Versus an enhancement talent is about to happen. There's a promo for War Games. It's one week from Sunday. Great, but it's going to be fantastic. This match goes just about the same amount of time as the NXT Women's Championship, or rather the NXT Women's Champions match earlier against Cora Jade. The Ivy Nile enhancement talent match gets just about the same amount of time. So that's cool. Anyway, that's over. Let's get back to a man. Solo Sokoa promo video. He reminds us he was a street fighter and that he will fight anybody. That appears to be his only trait as a character, which is supremely uninteresting. I get that whoever's making decisions might think that's really cool. Oh, he was a street fighter, and he wants to fight, and that's tough, and that's what men do. Uh, It is boring. It is boring. Um, 
there's a, there's the reason that they gave like Brock Lesnar a Paul Heyman because your whole thing can't be, oh man, what a freak of nature, what a force of nature, what a what a fighter. That's that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, but sure, let's do that. I'm sure he'll uh, this 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 gimmick will absolutely main event a WrestleMania main event time. Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne versus Carmelo Hayes for Carmelo Hayes' NXT North American Championship. Main event gets like 14 minutes. I bet they didn't even know what to do with themselves. Nailed it. That's like four NXT 2.0 matches. Towards the end here, Pete Dunne hits the bitter end on Johnny. And Tony D'Angelo is here and he pulls Dunne out of the ring. Carmelo Hayes hits the top rope leg drop on Johnny and wins. He needs to not do that as his finisher because he will hurt his back doing that. So it seems like it's going to be Pete Dunne and Tony D'Angelo next. I'm not sure. Tony and Trick Williams go to dap each other, but Tony has the fist out and uh, and Trick has the hand out, and then they switch, and they can't get it right, and they're arguing for a second. And then... Um, Grayson Waller and L.A. Knight are out again, and they're fighting, and they knock them over, and then everyone's fighting in the ring, and the crowd chants war games. Uh, I mean, sure, all these dudes definitely make sense for a war games match. Carmelo's about to jump onto a chair that's on Johnny's hand, and they all stop because Champa's music hits. I'm not sure why his music stopped everybody, but sure, he comes in. He's taking people out with the chair. So on one side, we have Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, Grayson Waller, and nobody yet. On the other side, we have Tommaso Ciampa, L.A. Knight, Pete Dunne, and Johnny Gargano. Before we go off the air, Braun Breaker's music hits. He stands with Team Carmelo. He has a microphone, looks around, yells, War Games. They all run into the ring. So it's not Trick Williams. It is, in fact, Team Carmelo with Carmelo Hayes, Tony D'Angelo, Grayson Waller, and Braun Breaker versus Team Ciampa. Ciampa, L.A. Knight, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano. Champa helps Johnny up. They stare at each other for a second before everybody fights. Oh, I get it. Okay, it's the old dudes versus the new dudes. Because Champa, LA Knight, Pete Dunn, Johnny. Yep. And then Carmelo Hayes, Tony, Grayson, Braun. Yep. Old dudes versus new dudes. Okay. Sure, man. Fine. I'm glad Braun's in it. It weirdly makes it feel more important. Uh, Champa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunn will make absolutely sure this is not a bad match. Fine. The women's war game's probably going to be fine, too. I don't know. Listen, all I know is we have one more NXT before war games. Can't wait to see what they do for a, for a go-home show, huh? Let me know what you thought of that. Let me know what you think of what we know of war games so far. One more time on Twitter, at ZachNXT, at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T. In the meantime, that's it for NXT. So that's it for me. I have been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic as always. And thank you for listening.